You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Over on 24-7 Sports this week, I'm going to continue my look at the MLB draft of 2020. Looking at the college talent, JT Ginn, a draft-eligible sophomore from Mississippi State, is the first player. His article should be up Monday, so you can listen to the podcast and then read something from me as well. So we have a lot to dig into. We're going to have to look at some of the standings. We're going to have to look at the weekend series, of course. And we have to look at paths to the playoffs, as it were. We need to kind of analyze schedules and see uh, what the Indians' chances are. Are they still alive? How much did this weekend uh, just gut punch them out of the playoffs? So it was an ugly one. There's no, let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, Friday night's game, getting canceled hurt. Um, There's no other way around it. The fact that it wasn't restarted or something, that was just a complete um, loss um, was less than ideal. Yeah, there's no nice way to put it. The Indians end up, uh, because of that, having to go in the evening game with a bullpen by committee game, which is horrible because the Indians' bullpen has been imploding left and right. So that whole idea just struck me as foolhardy, and we'll get to that in a bit. But let's let's talk about the first recorded game. Mike Clevenger was utterly fantastic. Uh, Eight innings, 10 Ks, one walk, two earned runs on one home run. James Hoyt has been getting some more use this weekend. He uh, he had a good appearance in this one. One inning, one hit, one K. Uh, Devin Smeltzer, the Indians have killed all year, but he was able to get the job done. Then they did their own version of a bullpen by committee after him, going to Littell, Duffy, Romo, and then Rogers, and the Indians were utterly fuddled. Um, I, I liked the lineup for this one, uh, but... We're seeing uh, Santana has been a little cooled of late. Yasiel Puig has um, been the same. Neither of them are really socking the ball quite as well as they were. Uh, I mean, this was just an ugly game. Uh, Roberto Perez gets two hits. Puig gets one. Mercado gets two. Just the one walk by Mercado as well. Um, yeah, not a great one. Uh Going to Greg Allen against Taylor Rogers in a, a tight game made no sense. I loved, uh, by loved, I mean I, I hated the fact that uh, Francona, what was it, that uh, first career, Greg Allen was two for five against him. So that's why he trusted Allen in that situation. We can ignore the, the sample size of that situation, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want to give them an easy matchup. You're sitting in a situation where Mercado singles and then Puig singles. So you got runners on first and second. Up comes Greg Allen against Minnesota's closer. You've got Luplo on the bench, a left-handed bat. Or do they still have Luplo on the bench? No matter what, Greg Allen is not a good matchup in that one. Luplo was not on the bench because they'd pinch it for him earlier. Um, but Greg Allen isn't the guy to go to. You're, it's a time of year where the bat should have about five lefties on it should be so many uh players you could go to in that situation uh, alan strikes out that's it that was really the only threat in that one move on to the bullpen by committee i was fine with going with clipper to start he wasn't good in this one but i mean he's been about as good as it gets this over the last month for the indians um my bigger problem is 
you know, I've kind of harped on the Indians pitching depth for next year and how they could consider trading some of these starters. Right now, you got Carlos Carrasco, who probably has rushed himself back and has not been good um, really at all since he's returned. And he wasn't good before. Um, I, I don't know. If, I still don't think he's 100% healthy. But we'll get into that. Um, so you can't count on Carrasco and Kluber, who are guys you're hoping for next year. Uh, McKenzie is one of those guys who's probably going to get some run at some point next year, but and he hasn't pitched it all this year. Jeffrey Rodriguez, they called him up and haven't used him. Uh, I mean, he was effective as a starter at points for the Indians this year. Uh, the problem with going to Clippert is it means he's going to pitch two innings, and then someone else is going to pitch two innings, and someone else is going to... And again, that's fine earlier in the year when the pen was good. Um, one of the best pens in baseball when every, all the pieces were clicking. That has not been the case over the last month. So it's almost like you're punting this game by going that way. I mean, Rodriguez or, I mean, I talked about it on Twitter, <laughs> Logan Allen pitched game two of the, uh, the Governor's Cup. Uh, if, if he is your best option as a six starter, then he shouldn't be pitching down in the minors. You should be keeping him in, in reserve, basically, in case a situation arises like this. Every game is too precious at this point to punt one, and that's essentially what this game was. It was a full-on punt by the Indians. Clippard doesn't pitch particularly well. Hunter Wood does. Carrasco, another um, not-so-great outing. Adam Simber isn't good. Oliver Perez is not good <laughs> terrible to be honest nick goody has just been imploding left and right i at this point in time where he was the arm i trusted the most but now he's just a disaster karen chalk was you know dynamite he's going to be the team's closer next year it was interesting from the perspective that you know uh booster gratero for the twins and karen chalker in terms of just filthiness on a similar plane and both of them pitched in this game uh, yeah, I mean, the Indians' bullpen's been a disaster, so it's no surprise that almost every member of the bullpen gave up a run in this one, um, was ineffective in this one. The Indians score five runs. That's a good amount. The problem is they gave up nine. Um, Lewis Thorpe was the starter, and he got chased early. You know, he's a young left-handed pitching prospect for the Twins. You look at the offensive things in this. I mean, Mike Freeman's numbers, we've seen really go in the tank since he became a starter. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. We knew he wasn't that good. But, uh, I mean, Mercado's starting to hit again. Lindor's playing well. This is a game where Santana had a good game. Puig did not. Uh, but that's the problem. You go through that. Luplo, again, a good performance. And gets pinch hit for Greg Allen, who does nothing. Fran Mill, some struggles. Chang doesn't really do anything. Bowers pinch hits, doesn't do anything. Ryan Flattery doesn't do anything. Kevin P. doesn't do anything. Uh, Zimmer gets to pinch hit. Nothing. Eric Haas, nothing. Frankly, Mike Freeman, nothing. And that's, you know, the top of the lineup did damage, and then once you got past the top three hitters, you didn't have anyone you could trust. Mercado with his 11th, Luplo was his 13th, and this was kind of a, a bottom point for the Indians since the early goings. This was a game that really um, people were, you know, just giving up on the season. Uh, today's game. Before this game was even played, I was pissed off, for lack of a better word. Ryan Flattery is someone, if you've been listening to the podcast all year, I thought should have made the team in 
at the end of spring training because I did not trust Stamets and Moorhoff. The Indians trusted them more um, when they were really struggling. I wanted Flattery up and them gone. That didn't happen. But at this point in the year, Ryan Flattery, in a massively important game, should not be getting his first start of the year. Um, and he was terrible. And offensively, he hit into a double play when it was a close game. He struck out. He didn't do anything. And that's it's not necessarily on him. I mean, he is what he is. He's a 33-year-old quad a player but let chang play have freeman play do i mean that's this is not the time of year to have ryan flattery get his first start i i that really i saw that i just thought there's no defense of this there's no defense for this and he was not good uh roberto perez hits his 23rd of the year off kyle gibson the Indians get seven runs across. Uh, not one of Beaver's best outings, but he battled through it. Uh, Nick Wetgren got the win. Again, not one of his best. Hoyt comes in, pitches well, um, bails out the Indians again. And because Perez comes in to get that last out, he gets the save for the Cleveland Indians in this one. It's, you know, the Kyle Gibson pitched one inning in relief. He's uh, coming back from injury. I believe he's going to be a free agent to be if memory serves the Twins. I'll be curious to see if they give him the qualifying offer or not or what they're going to do with him just because they don't have a lot of pitching. Um, I mean, that's still going to be their biggest need. You look at their top prospects. It's a lot of bats, a little light on arms. So I'll be curious to see how they go about um, working. It's, it's kind of similar to the the Brewers from uh, a year ago. Um, so we'll see if the Twins are a little bit better about adding pieces to help uh, as we kind of get down the stretch. So Indians are four and a half back of the Twins. Let's just give up on that. Let's be real honest. They're down to the Indians playoff odds are down to 38%. Um, Oakland Athletics playoff odds are currently up to 96%. They have a three-game lead on the Indians and a game-and-a-half lead on Tampa. And the hardest team they face down the stretch is Texas, followed by Anaheim. It's a cakewalk for Oakland the rest of the way. Oakland is in. So essentially, this final spot is Tampa versus Cleveland. And we'll go through those schedules, and we'll we'll dive into that a bit more in a second. But yeah, it's, it's Tampa versus Cleveland for this final spot. A pair of people to mention today, Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime with the Vivid Seats app. Get tickets to your favorite event. You just enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkoff, and you'll get up to 100 bucks off your tickets. Um, our, our big ad today, our big thank you is to Postmates. Um, they're right up there. It's one of the big ads for us this year. Postmates is your friend if you are sick. They are your friend if you are tired. They're just your friend. They're going to bring you what you need. This allows you to stay at home if you've had a long day at work, and they're going to bring you groceries. They'll bring you stuff, anything you need. You just open up that app, and, oh, I'm going to get some fast food delivered or i'm going to get groceries to my house or you know what i got a headache they're going to bring me some tylenol all of that can be done through postmates and you're going to be able to get a hundred dollars of free delivery in your first seven days if you download that postmates app use the promo code locked on and again that's a hundred dollars of free delivery in the first seven days so go crazy really take advantage of it postmates um it's a fantastic service as i mentioned before the break Basically, right now, it's down to a two-man race for the Indians to make the playoffs. It's the Indians versus the Twins. Or Indians versus the Twins. And that was the division that's in the past now. we, we got to give up on that. It's Indians versus the Rays. So let's look at this Rays schedule. 
they have tomorrow off. Uh, the Indians are currently a game and a half back of them, by the way. So they are um, have a significant lead over the Indians. Well, the Indians get Detroit this week. Tampa will have Los Angeles for two days, and then a four-game series against Boston. While at the same time, the Indians go Detroit into um, Philadelphia. It's weird to think that the Indian schedule might be a little bit harder. I mean, it's not. Let's be honest. Detroit is so bad. Uh, Boston hasn't been very good either, though. They've been kind of in a tailspin. And they're getting the Dodgers, but they're not getting the good pitchers of the Dodgers. They're getting kind of the second-stream guys. So it's not a super hard weekend. Basically, the Indians have to sweep Detroit. End of story. They cannot lose one of these games. They have to hope that Boston gets a little bit frisky, though. They're not facing any... I mean, it's... Jules Chesson, who Milwaukee cut. Nathan Avaldi, who's been really ineffective. Rick Purcello, really ineffective. Um, not great matchups. Then next, they have Monday off again before going to, uh, before hosting New York, which, again, people are like, oh, well, the Yankees, at least that's, they're facing Sabathian Happ, who have not been the most effective Yankees pitchers this year. And before ending against a weak Toronto team that's going to probably have a top five selection. The Indians are going to be running against, uh, it goes top of my head. Let's see if I'm right. I believe it's Detroit, Philadelphia, Chicago, Washington Nationals. And when you look at the way things set up for this, so you get Matthew Boyd tomorrow, who is a Tigers all-star who's kind of been struggling. I'm sorry, that's Tuesday's game is against Boyd. Spencer Turnbull who I think has actually, I would argue, been better than Boyd this year. And then Jordan Zimmerman on that Thursday game, which uh, especially because you got Clev going, that should be a cakewalk. Philadelphia is Plesak versus Smiley. Smiley, not been all that great. Bieber versus Vargas. You know, they got Vargas pretty much for free at the trade deadline uh, before Plutko versus Velasquez. Phillies had some pitching issues all year. The Indians need to take two out of three out of that. We'll go into the National League wildcard race in a second here. And then, as far as we know, the White Sox, they get Giolito, which is the one pitcher you want to avoid when you, you face the White Sox. That Philadelphia series, by the way, is the last set of home games. So this week is your last chance to see the Indians at home this year. They're Unless they were to win the wild card and advance to the, the next round, they won't play another wild card game after a week from today. Or another home game. I think I said wild card game. So then that sets up... Uh, Covey, that's a nice, easy one. Funny fact, if you go over to ESPN, tickets are as low as $5 for that series against the White Sox. So really, really cheap weekend, uh, or midweek games, I should say. Uh, if I didn't have to teach, I would definitely be trying to get down there and take advantage of that. Uh, the White Sox, and then we'll have to see how things shape up with that last matchup, and then against um, the Washington Nationals. When we go over, and again, it's very important to kind of check these standings for the National League because Philadelphia is going to fight towards the end, but we want the Washington Nationals to have a big lead. We want them to rest their arms and try to set themselves up to be in an ideal situation for that wild card game where they could throw out a starter or two if they wanted, if they need to. That, that you, know, you, you have the rested players, so you can go to them. The Nationals are currently a game and a half up on the White Sox and two and a half games up on Milwaukee. So they're in a pretty good situation, but the problem is they're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They have not been as effective of late. And the Brewers have been 
on fire, which is pushing everyone. Nine to one in their last ten. The Mets have actually passed the Phillies, and the Phillies are kind of just sliding back down. Um, one could make an argument that the Phillies and the Rangers are kind of on the same level. So the Indians really, basically, these next six games they need to take five out of six. That it has to be it. I mean, anything less is putting them behind the the eight ball even more. They've struggled with the White Sox this year. So that's not a great matchup. And then the Washington Nationals are, you know, a playoff team right now who might have something they have to play for. So the Indians have to take advantage of a Philly team that's uh, struggling, has some players that are uh, kind of imploding a bit at the edges, and a pitching staff that isn't very good, and a Detroit team which is trying to his- set historical records for terribleness. I mean, Detroit is currently 44 and 104. Um, the Tigers, I mean, it, it's they're not going to get to 50 wins. They're going to have at least 112 losses. Like, it's it, it's going to be something to watch with the, the Tigers. And, yes, the Indians have the quote-unquote good pitchers for the Tigers, but it's, it's still a terrible, terrible Tigers team. And... Like I said, they have to win those. Philadelphia is going to be extremely important as well. I mean, they're all important when there's this little time left. But these are the games you need to win because these are the ones that are going to be the easiest ones to win. Um, and the Indians' odds are just they're low. They're in a situation. I'm kind of surprised they have not added more players from the minor leagues. If nothing else, like they've always trip traditionally kind of liked players to kind of come up and even if they ride the bench, get to experience a playoff-like atmosphere, which is what this is. I mean, this is a team that every loss matters. Every loss is important. It is a playoff atmosphere. So I'm kind of surprised they're not just pulling up all those guys already on the 40-man or adding somebody like Cam Hill, giving themselves um, a little more of a cushion in terms of players on the roster. When they caught up Karen Chalk, it ended up just being him and Zimmer. I mean, Bradley's on the roster... Um, you know, on the 40 man, Cam Hill needs to be added. Daniel Johnson needs to be added. Uh, it, it's like I said, that's just the biggest surprise. One of the bigger surprises right now is just the fact that, uh, they're not using all that depth they have. They're not using all these guys. They're going to have to be added anyway. So why not put them up there? Um, the other just you know roster move to note is to make room on the 40-man for Karen Chalk. They designated Josh Smith for assignment. He was claimed by the Marlins. I mean, kind of good, just because now uh, he's he's a quad a pitcher. He's a nice depth guy, but the Indians used him a bit too much for my liking. And the interesting thing, I think, also to kind of put in closing here as we talk last time about the Columbus Clippers probably, is I think it's interesting that Kaya Tom was the uh, playoffs MVP. Uh, real big season for him uh, I don't think it's going to lead to anything with the Indians but it might lead to some opportunities elsewhere and I'm always going to root against the the undersized guy who maybe doesn't have the best tools who continually produces those are exactly the type of guy like if I'm the Tigers and I'm as bad as I am um, I try I go well at least this guy played well across multiple levels let's see what he's got like that is how I would build a team if I was a, a bottom runger, uh, that's 
exactly how I'd go about it is adding guys like this who there's a hundred reasons why not, but the production says why. And it's by adding guys like that, you end up finding um, some players that were never never top prospects and uh, eventually turn into something. So I want to thank everyone for rating and reviewing and listening. We're, we're up in the top 50 baseball podcasts on iTunes. That's that's really fantastic. Numbers are improving. It's all thanks to you guys. Again, feedback. I'm trying a new setup with this mic. Hopefully it is helping with my issue of breathing on the mic. And uh, we'll see what happens with this Indians team. It's going to be a stressful last two weeks. But Hopefully a fun one. Hopefully it leads to another playoff appearance. But if not, this is still a team that uh, four-fifths of the rotation, <clears throat> projected rotation to start the year, was either traded or missed significant time due to injury, and somehow they're still going to get to 90 wins. Um, you can be annoyed with how they ran the offseason, but still recognize they made some smart moves. Just not enough. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.